Hey, good evening, Mercy Street. My name is Melissa, and uh, it's good to be here. Let's take a moment just to, uh, yeah, put both feet on the floor. If you've got your hands, just rest them in your lap. Let's take a deep breath in together and out and in. and out. O breath of heaven, we have made our prayer together tonight. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, feet that are willing to move, and hands that are ready to get up and go. We pray this in your name. Amen. We are reading through the book of Jonah during the month of February. Uh, A a quote that I found this week was um, by a gentleman named Mr. Campbell. Uh, If we could put that quote on the screen, it says, We have been looking so hard at the great fish, the whale in Jonah, that sometimes we miss the great God. And so what's interesting about the book of Jonah, it's 48 verses, four chapters, and it is a story about Jonah. Most of the other prophets, it's like the words of the prophet that are being written down. This is um, Amanda's teaching on Jonah on Wednesday nights and Saturday right before Mercy Street. And uh, and so you'll get different perspectives uh, as she teaches and um, I do whatever this is (laughs) that I do. It's satire, it's hyperbole, it's maybe historical fiction, it's all sorts of things, but it is the incredible, amazing story of God's mission. And God will not let you as an individual, let you miss what God's mission is for you, what God's mission is for us, and what God's mission is for all of creation. God's not going to Let that mission be stopped. It's going to happen. And in the book of Jonah, we get four chapters, 48 verses, 14 times throughout the book of Jonah, this Hebrew word for big or large is used. And it's not about the whale or the fish. It's not about Jonah's ego and anger. It's not about the great sin of the Ninevites, the bigness is the vastness of God's grace and mercy and perfect justice. And as I've read and studied Jonah, it has interrogated me from the inside out to be able to say once again, how big of a God are you? (laughs) And to just be amazed. In the email this week, I asked the question, what do we think Jonah's Enneagram number is? Those of you that are not familiar with the Enneagram, it is kind of like a, a, oh my gosh, for those of you that really study it for me, anyway, it's, it's, it's a way to look at, at how we show up in the world. And there's a lot of different personality tests that are out there. Uh, I've been reading and studying both a New Testament and a Hebrew scholar. And um, while they don't have insight into what Jonah's personality is, Jonah is kind of like a mirror. 
He is someone that God comes to him and says, get up and go. This is what I have for you. And Jonah says, give me just a second. I'll be right back and hightails it. And God sends either judgment or salvation. Amanda gave us a cliffhanger. Maybe she'll let us know in the teaching this week. But God sends this big fish and then comes back to Jonah once again and says the exact same words, get up and go. And so as we move through this series over the next four weeks, I hope that, um, goodness, read along. You can definitely, I don't care how long your commute is to the grocery store or to work, you can listen to the whole thing on the way. (laughs) It's short. But let it be an invitation for God to kind of uh, take a look inside. I use the word interrogate. That, That sounds scary, but I think God wants to shake us up. And that's what I hope that we're gonna do. The title of the series is called A Reluctant Mission. It's not that God is reluctant, it's that we are. Amen? Can I get a witness? I say that in every sermon. So here are a couple of themes as you're reading along. Uh, The next slide has, uh, I think, three or four bullet points. If you want to take a picture of this, these are maybe just some questions, some kind of more um, things that come to the surface. This is from Dr. Amy Jill Levine, and from Mark Brettler, a New Testament and and Hebrew scholar. As we read the book of Jonah, when are our prayers purely just self-serving, couched within, Lord, have your way, have your own way, Lord, but your way should be my way. (laughs) How often in life do we try to make ourselves look good by making others look bad? Wear steel-toed shoes while reading Jonah. What will we do with our second chance, third chance, 53rd chance? And do we assess a person or a group of people by what they have done in the past, by what they're doing in the present, or by what we fear they will do in the future? We're going to talk about that last point a little bit more next week because Jonah is called to actually go to a group that had, that had really, for his people, um, just been quite terrible. And so tonight, within this reluctant mission, what does our reluctancy look like? It can look like a bunch of different things. Tonight, what I want to propose is our reluctancy at times can look like busyness. For me, over-functioning. I become reluctant because I don't have time. I'm doing all these other things. And so um, tonight we're just going to read the first chapter uh, of Jonah. And I want you to listen for all of the action, the, 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 the verbs that are happening within the passage, the busyness that is stirring internally and around. Um, and so Tamara and Tony are going to read um, our scripture tonight. It's the first chapter, and um, the words won't be in the screen. It's kind of longer, but just uh, listen. Have on your uh, have on your listening ears. <laughs> you go first. Yeah. Hey. All right. Um, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. 
But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord, Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? Throw me into the sea, said Jonah, and it will become calm again. I know that this is a terrible, I know this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, O Lord, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sins, and don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. There's a lot to unpack there. And so where, where I want to focus in tonight, did you, did you hear some of the action that is going on here? That God came and said, get up and go. And it says Jonah got up and went down down, 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 down. Sometimes disobedience is not this kind of like uh, massive. I mean, it says Jonah went in the opposite direction, but he just began to make these small moves. He went to the ticket booth. He got on Expedia. He put in the credit card number. He picked a window seat on the boat in the bottom. God has a calling on your life. Amen. That just is. That's not up for debate. It just is. God has a calling on your life. And God had a calling for Jonah. I wish we knew how many times in the middle of the night maybe God had said, get up and go. I doubt that it was the first time. But on this particular occasion, what it, for whatever reason, Jonah gets up and he starts moving in the opposite direction. We don't know why. Was it fear? Was it his ego? Was it his, his hatred? We'll unpack some of that next week. But he had a reluctance. 
And he had a reluctance, and so he began to run. Anybody ever been there? (laughs) And it doesn't feel, I mean, for him, he was moving totally in the opposite direction. The writer of this story is saying geographically, he was not just going from A to B, he was going from A to like a a different alphabet, Omicron, (laughs) you know? And it was these small decisions, it was this reluctance over time that just began to grow. And he ends up in the bottom of a ship. He ends up being confronted. All throughout the book of Jonah, the people who should not be getting it are the ones who get it. The captain comes to him and says to him, it doesn't say it, but says the word of the Lord, get up. God has a call on your life and we have a reluctance to it because it can feel scary. But God will use anyone and anything to help us remember it. And in this case, it's the captain that comes to Jonah again and uses the exact words, get up. It's the sailors who begin to, you know, you you would think that they, um, Amanda was saying, like maybe a better translation is the pirates. I mean, it... They are the ones that are like dialed in and tuned in to God. Why? Because God not only had a calling for Jonah and for Nineveh and for each of those sailors, God has a calling for all of creation. And it just is. It's not up for debate. It just is. And so for right here, right now, February the 4th, 2023, what is the call that God has in your life? And I'm not just talking about, you know, God is calling me to pack my bags and move to Palestine, Texas, or (laughs) to Ethiopia, or to, I don't know, fill in the blank. I'm talking about that call that God has put in your life that wakes you up at 2 a.m. That sounds something like this. You know what? There's more. There's something different. And we all have a reluctance, we have a fear to that. Every other prophet before Jonah felt the same way. Moses said, but I, 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 I I have a stutter. Jeremiah is hesitant. All of them are hesitant. (laughs) But they stick around long enough in the reluctance and get quiet and listen. That eventually happens for Jonah, but it's in the belly of a big fish. What is God's call in your life here and now? And where are you reluctant to step into it? Where are you getting busy in so many other areas of life that are not necessarily bad, but the busyness is so loud you can't hear the voice of God? Because busyness does not mean obedience. And as if I've already not given you enough homework to read the book of Jonah this month, I'm going to give you a little bit more. (laughs) God was giving to Jonah this call to go and return to a group that had caused a lot of harm to him. God may be calling you now that you are in the place that you are of having some things healed, God may be calling you to step back into a difficult situation. God may be calling you out of a difficult situation. God may be asking you to be a different type of employee, a different type of caregiver, a different type of friend. God has a calling in your life.
and that calling for all of creation. It's summarized in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And so read those chapters alongside Jonah. Maybe what God is calling you to is deeper connection with people. That's some of what we try to do in the space after Mercy Street. And your reluctance is to get busy in other ways where you get to show up and either be the expert or the one that's helping or healing or doing or maybe you isolate. But God is calling you to connection because that's the only place that we live into those blessings that Jesus talked about. Blessed are those who mourn with others, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I need to understand what that is. So maybe God is calling you to connection, and you have a reluctance to it. Sit and listen and be still. Keep moving throughout Matthews 5, 6, and 7, Matthews. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Maybe God is calling you to be more generous in your life. And I'm not just talking financially or with your time, but a generosity where you've got margin in your life in order to show up to the things that just land on our doorstep. And you have a reluctance to that. But God is saying, I am calling you right here and right now to be generous. And Jesus teaches us in those passages, generosity oftentimes happens in very quiet and hidden ways. Maybe what God is calling you to is to just lay down the anger. Jesus said, you have heard it said to you, but I say unto you, do not murder. But if you carry anger within you, it's, it's not exactly as if you've murdered the other person. You've murdered, you've annihilated the space in which God can move and breathe and heal Anger just eats all of that up. So maybe God's call to you right now is lay down the anger. Love your enemy. I hope over the next month that each one of us can get some clarity around what is God's call for you here and now. I hope even on a collective way that we as a church, we can listen to what is it God is calling us to here and now. And to be able to link arms and, and join in that. Busyness is not a sign of obedience. But my goodness, we sure do give out some fancy awards in the church for busyness. <laughs> we feel good about it. For Jonah, it, it took uh, being removed from the situation and being in the depths and going into rehab in the belly of a whale or <laughs> putting himself in time out or whatever it was. Maybe over this next week, there's just a, a space for you to give yourself just a little bit of breathing room so you can hear God's call in your life once again that says, get up and go. We've got work to do, amen?